This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 503 of the Stable Scoop Show. Please support our title sponsor, Springtime Supplements, as they make this show possible. The rest of the scoop is back as Biz Stam brings us an original called The Unruly Runt. This is Glenn Geek, and you're listening to The Stable Scoop Show on the Horse Radio Network. The rest of the scoop is the premier storytelling podcast for the horse world. A short 5-10 to ten minute story professionally written about the historical horses or horse people told in the style of Paul Harvey's The Rest of the Story or Mike Rose The Way I Heard It. We have about 20 of them already in the can. If you've missed them, head back to StableScoop.com or any podcast player and just search for StableScoop. They start about episode number 482. Today, Biz Stam of HorseNation.com writes today's story that proves following instinct and having a little patience with a horse can pay off. Big time. Biz writes articles regularly for HorseNation.com. We are also super excited to have our title sponsor with us, and that's Springtime Supplements. Springtime Supplements has been dedicated to improving the lives of horses with Springtime brand of supplements, and they've been doing it since 1979. Springtime offers supplements for joint health, immune support, calming, hoof and coat, insect control, and much, much more. Before I tell you about one of their other interesting products, Ahi Flower Oil, I wanted to mention that they have a special just for listeners of the Stable Scoop Show. You receive an automatic 15% off and free shipping just for mentioning this show. Be sure to go to springtimeinc.com slash stablescoop online or call one of their knowledgeable reps and be sure to mention the discount code STABLESCOOP. All one word, STABLESCOOP. Have you heard of ahi flower oil? We all know the importance of essential fatty acids for horses, but recently a plant was discovered to provide completely balanced omega-3, 6, and 9. They call it ahi flower. Until now, you've had a few options. You could use fish oil, but let's face it, horses are herbivores. They didn't evolve to consume fish oil. There's also flax, but ahi flour has been shown in clinical studies to provide better omega-3, 6, and 9 absorption and balance in horses. It's proven to be better than flax or fish. This is the type of expertise you get from Springtime, who are always at the forefront of the latest research. That website again is springtimeinc.com slash stablescoop. Springtimeinc.com slash StableScoop and use the coupon code StableScoop, all one word. The Unruly Runt by Biz Stam. Claiborne Farm in Paris, Kentucky has become known for producing top quality thoroughbreds over the years, importing many class horses from Europe. The breeding program at Claiborne was able to produce many top sires most notably Sir Galahad, a talented French stallion who was shipped stateside to stand stud for a successful racing career. As good of a racehorse as he was, Sir Galahad was ten times the sire. Over the course of the 1930s and 40s, he produced several stakes winners, with his shining achievement being Gallant Fox, the 1930 Triple Crown winner. As grand as his reign was, all good things must come to an end. Sir Galahad passed away at the age of 29, leaving an indelible mark on the racing industry and a notable absence in the Claiborne Farm breeding program. 
With the legacy of excellence and class cultivated by horses such as Sir Galahad, one might wonder how the untested, uncooperative, and unattractive chestnut stallion, your host, made it into the Claiborne Farm breeding program. Perhaps it was his fighting nature and resilience that allowed him to overcome a shattered foreleg, an injury that would have proved fatal to most other horses. And that sparked the interest of the breeder, Alaire Dupont. The thoroughbred broodmare, made of flight, seemed a bit out of place at Claiborne Farm as well. She showed very little resemblance to her grandsire, Man of War. She certainly didn't inherit his speed, but perhaps Mrs. Dupont saw promise in her pedigree. So off to the breeding shed they both went. Claiborne yardmaster Arthur Hancock couldn't have had any kind of great expectations for this misfit pairing, but he was downright embarrassed at the unruly runt of a foal that was born. Alaire Dupont, however, knew excellence. An Olympic trap shooter, champion tennis player, and an avid glider pilot, she knew what it took to be the best. She thought the little dark bay with his sire's fighting spirit could be the best, though she thought he could just use a little less fighting spirit. In an attempt to make the young colt a bit easier to handle, she had him gelded. Most, however, say the effort was futile and that the young horse remained the unruly runt. As a two-year-old, the feisty Dark Bay made his racing debut in a maiden race at the Atlantic City Racecourse. Piloted by jockey John Block, the young gelding won the race. He raced one more time as a two-year-old, coming in second place, but his trainer felt he could benefit from a bit more time to mature. Like fine wine aged to perfection, some things are just worth waiting for. Like a premium vintage bottle, the young gelding's trainer was waiting for the perfect time to uncork his potential. As the sun set on his two-year-old year, the time still wasn't right. As he turned three and the prestigious Triple Crown races approached, the races known to have the ability to forge a horse's name in the history books, the time still wasn't right. It wasn't until after the white carnations had been draped over the neck of that year's Belmont Stakes winner that the young gelding made his return. His first race as a three-year-old was at Mammoth Park. He was tough, agile, and hated having horses in front of him. He used that gritty determination to take the lead and then win. The win at Mammoth Park was his first of many in his three-year-old year. That year, he went on to win a total of eight races, six of them being stakes races. In one of those races, he was able to match the record set by his grandsire, Man of War, at a mile and five-eighths. It was a very successful year for the late-blooming three-year-old, so successful that he was named Horse of the Year despite never running a single stride in a triple crown race. He was dominant as a four-year-old, winning seven of nine starts, once again earning the title Horse of the Year. While most horses would be looking towards retirement at five years old, the once unruly runt, now a little bit less of a runt, but still very unruly, was just getting started. He dominated as a five-year-old, was even better as a six, and set a national record as a seven-year-old for a mile and a half on turf, as well as a record for two miles on dirt, which is yet to be bested to this very day. He loved to run and showed no signs of stopping when he turned eight and then nine. He earned an unprecedented five Horse of the Year titles, making him the only horse in the history of racing ever to win more than three Horse of the Year titles. Not long after the start of his nine-year-old season, however, he suffered a fractured sesamoid bone, which prompted his retirement from racing. Typically, a horse with such a long, successful career would head straight to the breeding barn. But, oh yeah, he was gelded, and that certainly wasn't an option. 
Neither was simply being put out to pasture, as he was still bursting with life and competitive spirit. Instead, he found a second career, out in the show-jumping ring, and then on the hunt field with his owner, Mrs. DuPont, the woman who saw greatness in him right from the start, and lovingly named him after her dear friend. In this day and age where people desire instant gratification and overnight success, they find it hard to have the patience to deal with an unruly runt. But stories like this remind us that some things are worth the wait. That waiting and patience gave us one of the best racehorses in history. The name of that unruly runt was Kelso. In the 1961 Metropolitan, the first leg of the coveted handicap Triple Crown, the favored Kelso is saddled with a huge weight disadvantage and seems hopelessly out of it at the head of the stretch. Coming into the stretch, all hands has a three-length margin. Sweet Williams second, mail order third, Cranberry Sauce is fourth, and Kelso and Arquero looking for running room from fifth position, now swinging up on the outside fourth. In deep stretch, it looks like a victory for all hands this afternoon, but Kelso is flying on the outside. He causes digging on all hands, but here comes Kelso on the outside. What a finish! It's Kelso by a nose! Kelso has won an incredible Metropolitan Mile! The story was written by Biz Stam. You can find more of her writings at horsenation.com. Well, thanks, Biz, for that great story. I have a couple of other things about Kelso you might want to know. He won 62% of his starts, 39 out of 63 starts. He finished in the money 84% of the time. He won an unprecedented five Horse of the Year titles, by the way. There's still no other horse in history that's won more than three. And he set nine track records. In 1967, he was elected to the National Museum of Racing Hall of Fame. In October of 1983, the 26-year-old Kelso paraded prior to the start of the Jockey Club Gold Cup at Belmont Park, along with champion horse Forgo, in front of a crowd of 32,000 spectators. And you know what? It was his final public appearance. He died the very next day, October 16th of 1983. He had his last hurrah. I think that's so cool that he got to do that. He's buried in the Equine Cemetery at Allaire DuPont's Woodstock Farm in Chesapeake City, Maryland. Paggio and Sam Bomitas driving up on the outside, trying to get to the leader, but they're not going to do it. Kelso is going to be a big winner here this afternoon as he takes the 42nd running of the Jockey Club Gold Cup. Well, speaking of racing, there's going to be a new show starting on the Horse Radio Network called Retired Racing Radio, hosted by Joy Hills and our own Jamie Jennings. Going to be talking about racehorses after they leave the track, and they're going to be doing all kinds of things from training to to, to, uh, interviewing amazing people who have done amazing things with their off-the-track thoroughbreds, but and also a little bit about standard breads and the other horses that come off the track. More on this a little bit later, but you can look for it coming soon in February to the Horse Radio Network. We're excited to add that show to the lineup. For details about today's show, go to StableScoop.com. If you want to hear all the past episodes and maybe you've missed a couple stories, you can go back and take a listen to those at StableScoop.com as well or any podcast player. We have 15 different shows on the Horse Radio Network. You can find them all at horseradionetwork.com or look for Horse Radio Network on any podcast player or the Horse Radio Network app, iOS or Android. Download it there. I do a morning show five days a week called Horses in the Morning. It's the only live morning radio show for the horse world. It's a lot of fun and a lot of entertainment, as well as you'll learn a little something along the way. So you can go take a listen to that. Find out at horseradionetwork.com. 
com as well. Well, we'll have another story for you in a couple of weeks. Until then, happy scooping, everybody.